Hey, it's Adam Sank. And if you like my radio show, you'll love my comedy album, Adam Sank, live from the Stonewall Inn. <gasps> oh my goodness. What? Fellatio? Really? Available on Amazon, iTunes, and Google Play. Warning. The program you're about to hear contains highly offensive and indecent material. Ryan, pull down your pants. <laughs> JB, you start Let's... sucking. The host, a comedian of questionable talent, speaks incessantly on topics of a sexual and scatological nature. I will fuck you, but I will not eat you. I want that fucking dick down my throat while I'm dicking him down. I okay. hope my mother's listening. Your ass became a rosebud? Yeah, that's because I got dicked down real good. <laughs> he asks questions of his celebrity guests that are highly inappropriate and rude. Which of you has a bigger penis? Oh, that's a good one. That's a fun, good one. Going down on the clitoris? Oh, yes. Oh, I Absolutely. like where you're going with yep. this. For some reason, the word strap-on just comes right out of my mouth, Bianca. Yeah, you said come and strap-on at the same time. And he cannot stop talking about his buttocks. I think your butt is telling you, no mas, por favor. <laughs> this is the Adam Sank Show. If it's in my hand, I'm going to suck it. Powered by DNR Studios. <laughs> and now... The one, the only... Yes, happy new year, motherfuckers, and welcome to the Adam Sank Show. We are live, if you're listening, at 11 a.m. Eastern Time on January 5th, 2019 at adamsank.com. Call in and talk to us if you'd like, 844-825-5367. Leave your ratings and reviews on iTunes or wherever else you listen to this fuckery. Email me at adam at adamsank.com and like the Facebook page. It's so simple. You just go to Facebook, you type in Adam Sank Show, you hit like. People, do me a favor. If you're a fan of the podcast, share it with the people in your life. We need to monetize this bitch. I need many, many more listeners. Today we have an incredible show. Uh, my friend comedian Eitan Levine will be joining us. He's not only a hilarious comedian and comedy writer, but he is the co-creator of a musical porn parody called Hamiltoe. Yes, Hamiltoe. And he'll be here to tell us all about it. But first, I'm very excited to introduce not one... But two co-hosts to you today. The, the first is someone you're very familiar with. He's here all the time, even though he says he was not going to be here anymore. Please give it up for everyone's favorite Frost Pig, Ryan Frostig. It's so weird sitting here in this chair. Yeah, you're in the guest chair. Today. I know. Why are you here, Ryan? Um, I have some RuPaul's Drag Race business to discuss oh. with everyone. Well, that takes priority over your job. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, I'm 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 uh, I'm gonna make a little appearance here, and then a cameo, a little yeah, love it, and run to work. Well, also joining me today is someone who is well known to anyone who follows me on Facebook because she uh, terrorizes me. Basically, every time I post anything, the first comment is always some horrible, nasty thing um, left by uh, one of my two sisters. And I do have two. No one knows about the other one. She's the silent one. She's yes. the silent one. But everyone knows this one. Please welcome to the show, Anna Sank Hazelman. Thank you. Thank you. Anna, are you nervous about this? I'm very nervous. Can you tell? Are you? Yes. This is uh, your first time doing any kind of performance, right? You're not a... I am not a performer. And really, you're not like an extrovert as much as you uh, like to make horrible It's like an online statement. persona. Well, I'm anonymous and s secret when I do my nasty comments to you. You're like an internet troll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You do it so well. Thank you. But in real life, it's a little scarier, isn't mm -hmm. it? I think people think that you and I like actually hate each other and that our whole relationship consists of us just insulting each other. But that's really more of a, a I mean, that does happen sometimes. Right. But it's more of a Facebook thing. But, but also, people don't understand that in our family, like abuse was an expression of love. <laughs> <laughs> verbal abuse. Yeah. Yes, verbal yes. abuse. Yeah, it definitely was. I mean, we were taught at, by, at a young age um, that, you know, if someone insulted you, you're supposed to laugh and take it as an expression yeah, of love. And it, and it feels, back. In a warped way, it feels good. Yeah. But so, your husband has a hard time with this, yes. right? Yes. He doesn't understand. Yeah, I shatter him, he our, says. Our family dynamic. <laughs> <laughs> you shatter him with your words? With my words. I think, <laughs> I think I'm being sweet and funny, and I wound him. <laughs> but just for the record, Anna and I actually do love each other and, uh, and enjoy each other most of the time. Yes. And Anna is five years older than me. Laura is seven years older than me. And uh, so I was a little bit closer to Anna growing up. We hung out. We got to hang out together a little more because Laura left for college when I was still... 
Yeah, you were my a little young plaything. homo. I was. Mm. That's true. Well, thank you for being here, and um, thank you for having me. Hopefully, we will make you feel comfortable. This is a weird. Uh, January is going to be a weird, wonky schedule, you guys, because we're doing two shows today, two shows next week. So. Anna's going to be here today, and then she won't be here next week, and then she'll be here two weeks from now. It's going to be all fucked up, but we're going to roll with it. JB is here uh, all the way from Far Rockaway, despite the broken down train and the fact that he once again almost didn't make it in. I feel like this is a great way to welcome the new year and to make me think, hey, you know, I should probably move out now. It's, it's time to move from Far Rockaway to maybe near Rockaway. Was it just that it were, there were delays or no, were the trains? No, girl, just... no. Okay, so here, here's the fuckery because I went home. I worked last night in the studio and mm-hmm. I went home. I didn't see no schedule posting, no anything. Mm-hmm. A bitch woke up this morning, came here, <laughs> tried to get here by 9.30. It's always my goal. But come to find out, there was um, a note saying... I, I said out of a picture. It said planned work for this weekend, next weekend, and no trains are leaving Far Rockaway. They're only going to one Rockaway to the other. To, in order to leave the city, you in order to leave Rockaway, you have to take the train to Far Rockaway, catch the shuttle bus to go to JFK, and catch the train from there to near Rockaway to to the city. <laughs> there is no near Rockaway. I just made <laughs> that up. Um, it looks like we have a caller. Yes, this will be our first oh, caller. Oh, fire of, alarm. Yes. This will be our first caller of 2019, and my money is that it's Charles from Cornhole. Caller, you say what? Oh, no, you're wrong. <gasps> this is not Charles from Cornhole. It's Gail. It's Gail. Oh, oh my God. That was mom. Welcome, Gail. Hello. Hi, Gail. Hello, Gail. Happy New Year, all you wonderful people. Happy, Happy New, New Year, Year, Gail. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm calling to make a request. Yes. I'd like your show this year to become longer and harder. <laughs> don't we all I mean I would love that too I don't know that we could make it any harder um, we could make it longer if I were to somehow be able to make money off of it and quit my day job but uh, once a, one hour a week is about the most I can handle as a side gig for now you guys just make me laugh every week Oh, we love you honey and, and thank Gail. you for being part of our opening Gail, Anna, Gail's the voice that says I think your bud is telling you Oh, no that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Iconic. That's the funniest one. thing ever said on this show. <laughs> that was quite a surprise when <clears throat> I heard myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, we love you, and we thank you for listening. And, uh, honey, if there's any way to extend the show, I will do it. Do it, do it, do it. I want it. I want it bad. Well, well, uh, tell your friends right. to listen up. <laughs> yes. Tell everyone to listen in. And right. share, the more people listen, the more, the more money you can make. Yes. And, J.B., I am your adopted mother. Uh, of course, <laughs> as long as you know that. I already knew that. I'm here whenever you need me. As long as he's in the will. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, God, I wish I, I, wish I had money. <laughs> it's okay, love. I, right. I live in broke times. Thanks for calling in, honey. We love you. Happy New Year. Happy Bye, New Year. Guys. Bye. Bye. All right, we got to get started with our stories. We got so much to do today, and I, I had a whole show all set to go, and it was going to take exactly 30 minutes before our guest got here, and then fucking Kevin Hart goes on Ellen and blows up the internet. Now, we spent like a good 30 minutes talking about Kevin Hart uh, a few weeks ago when he initially stepped down from hosting the Oscars. Right. When I first heard that he was going to be on Ellen, I was like, this is really smart. This is smart of him. This is smart of Ellen. They're going to have like a really... like sensitive heart-to-heart conversation about homophobia and about how his words could really hurt people and and now he's sorry and he's learned it it was not that at all did you watch any of those clips anna um i watched most of it but i didn't see any apology no there was no apology right not only was there no apology it was basically the whole hour was basically ellen trying to campaign for heaven for kevin to be reinstated as oscar host but and him acting really aggrieved like he had been the victim right of attacks by these anonymous trolls who were trying to destroy his career. And Ellen kind of nodded along with him. Here's a little bit of Kevin Hart on Ellen. I'm kind of upset because these 10 years are just being ignored. They're being brushed past. Nobody is saying, guys, this is, this is 10 years. No headlines are saying 10 years ago he apologized. Nobody's finding... The apologies. Nobody's finding the footage where from where I had to address it. I had to address it when I did Get Hard promo with Will Ferrell because of my joke that I had about my son. I had to address those tweets in 2012 in a very, very heavy, uh, heavy junket where I was asked questions and asked questions about homophobia based on those tweets. And I had to address it and apologize and say I understand what those words do and how they hurt. 
I understand why people would be upset, which is why I made the choice to not use them anymore. I don't joke like that anymore, because that was wrong. That was a guy that was just looking for laughs and that was stupid. There's no record of him ever apologizing mm-hmm. until no after he stepped down from the Oscars. And if there were, his PR agency, he's a billionaire, right? He could right. find whatever yeah. clip he wanted to if, the, if such a clip existed. His PR agency would be all over that. At no time uh, has he ever really addressed the fact that he was joking about violence against a gay child. Or a, or gender non-conforming child, and for Ellen to just nod along with this and not call him on that and not make sure that he really gets the the impact and the power of those words, I, I found myself getting like sickened as I was watching this. I was like, this is so. They're both playing it so wrong. And then I thought, well, maybe it's just me. And then I went on Twitter. No, and people were the gay not community, and particularly African American <laughs> gay people, were not having this at all. They were like, Ellen you're not in a position to accept Kevin Hart's apology on behalf of all of us. It's such hubris that she would think... Hubris. <laughs> hubris. <laughs> but it's also hubris. <laughs> that she would, because she's okay with it, that everyone's going to be okay with it. Right, because Kevin's her friend. Yeah. And it's she's ridiculous. like the face of the LGBTQ community. I, I think What you guys are talking about is whitewashing? Yes. Just, yeah. just yeah. going to put that out there and turn off my mic now. It, no, explain that, JB. Oh, okay. So what Ellen, so what Ellen's doing, she's kind of whitewashing Kevin Hart's apology. Like, Kevin didn't make an apology. She's trying to make everything better. But we, we in the community know that there was no strides to make it better. We, we understand that it happens in our community, but I think in this day and age, we want more. And what she's doing is wrong. She just make she just putting a bandaid on something that does not need a bandaid. It needs stitches. But and it would have been easy for her to just say to him, like Kevin, you oh, un- you, you, you understand that gay kids do get abused and kicked out and sometimes murdered by their homophobic parents. You get that, right? You understand themselves. the power and kill themselves. Yeah. She, all she had to do was just Question. throw him a couple of those, and he had to say, "Yes, I do understand," and I, right. that's yeah. why I'm so sorry if I caused anyone. There was none of that. There was none of that. There was just a lot of resistance on his end. Like, I feel like he just kept saying, like, well, I've already done this. I've already apologized. Yeah, apologize again. This is the moment where all of this is coming, like, out at once, and you need to, you need to apologize again. It's, it sucks. I mean, I'm sure he's frustrated, but, like, that's what he needs to do in order to move on from this. I'm more angry now than I was before. I do not want him hosting the Oscars. He's not funny, number one. No, he's not funny. But that's debatable. Um, moving on to someone whom I love and whom I think would make a great Oscar host, it's Anthony Bowens. <laughs> Professional wrestler Anthony Bowens, uh, my listeners know him because he was on our show with his beautiful boyfriend, Michael Pavano. Um, Anthony uh, identified as bi and you know, explained many times that although he is with a man, he identifies as bisexual, he could just as easily be with a woman if he were not with Michael. Well, over the new year, Anthony Bowens... Made an announcement, hit it, JB. I just wasn't identifying with that term anymore. You know, I'm in love with Michael. I want to marry Michael. I'm picturing myself being with a man for the rest of my life. So the term bisexual just felt less and less me the more time went on. And um, I now feel more comfortable labeling myself as gay. Now, let me make clear for the, the, um, the buy now, gay later people, I still advocate for bisexuality as do a hundred percent because that is truly what i identified myself as and so anthony bones is now gay yes and i'm here for it is that is the boy next to him his boyfriend yes yeah and they're like social media stars they're all over YouTube and Insta. He's like a gay frat boy. I loved the... Um, he is kind of a gay frat boy. I didn't like him at the all. The generic light coming out. I hate their music. I, I Listen, <laughs> boys, I love you, and we're going to have them back on the show February 2nd to talk about this. you got to stop tracking is that, your clips with music. Is that what they do? Oh. Like, is yeah. that their thing? Yeah. Oh. It's like a baking show. It's just not necessary, and it makes for hard... Uh, makes for challenging replays, but they don't <laughs> care about, about my sh- shitty show. Anna, do you believe in bisexuality? I do believe in it. Why wouldn't I? Well, a lot of people are skeptical. They think that most bi people are just gay people. I don't think labels can really define people. I think we're all somewhat fluid. 
So really? I, wow. <laughs> what, are, what are you telling us, Anna? <laughs> I have not Is this your coming out moment? <laughs> yes, on the radio. I'm oh going to tell us. You heard it. It's an ask I've always suspected this. Yes, you queen. always have. Adam always wanted me to hit on girls or well, let them hit on me. All of the women in my family are um, could be lesbians. Let's put it that way. None of you are real girly girls. No. You're all athletic. You're not really into dresses or makeup. You're, Clearly. You're kind <laughs> of uh, dykey. Yes, but um, but but, but, anyway, but a lot of people think women can be bi, but that men are either gay or straight, and then if they say they're bi, they're just like in denial. Mm-hmm. And so Anthony had to deal with a lot of that, uh, and now he's probably going to have to deal with a lot more crap because he's saying he's gay. But I I say be whatever you want to be, call yourself whatever you know, however you identify identifies how other people should identify you. And um, I think it's kind of romantic in a way because he thought he was bisexual and then he fell so in love yeah. with Michael that he was like, I guess I'm gay because I don't ever want to be with anyone but this man. Right. Not Wait, to be don't... shady, but... but... <laughs> <laughs> Here comes the shade. shade. <laughs> Not to be shady, but why... What, what was the need to come out again? You were fine. We, we were all fine. I, I, got, I got you. We were all fine. But I feel like you had no reason to come out again. There's no need. We, I think there's a need. I think... Um, to it, each his own. I feel like you came out as bisexual and you're with a man and you married him. Okay? Yeah, that I happened. Kinda, you, I, I there's no that. need to come out to be gay. Now Now you're just adding extra burden to yourself. I, I think but. if you no longer feel bisexual and everyone keeps... You have to understand that he talks about this in the interview, that every time he's written about, it's always bis, openly bisexual wrestler Anthony Bowens. Openly bisexual. So if you were known that way in all of your media, then you're you're gonna want to change that yeah, if you no longer identify has that become way. The, like maybe the he's face sick of, of that. women hitting on him <laughs> by the way this just in phyllis sank my mother has just texted anna tell your brother that i am not dykey <laughs> <laughs> she, she doesn't have a problem with laura and i being dykey yeah just her <laughs> mom you're totally femme i don't know what i was thinking meanwhile my mother is 510 wears flats has short hair <laughs> But Wait, is very, very fun. Uh, uh, she rarely listens. There's a whole lesbian wasp dichotomy in some. It's exactly. Hard to tell. Sure. Yeah. It, are you a lesbian or are you a suburban housewife? It's yeah. hard to tell. Um, well, uh, but so congratulations to Anthony for being gay. I am excited to have him and Michael back on the show. Um, congratulations. Yes. <laughs> very good, Ryan. And now. Speaking of Ryan, yes. uh, we invited Ryan on to actually Ryan invited himself on today. I sure did <laughs> because there was some tea involving former All Stars contestant Gia Gunn, uh, who is uh, now living as an openly trans woman, and RuPaul. And yes. Gia Gunn, after she was eliminated last week, went on the Race Chaser podcast with Alaska and Willem, and um, she said a lot of things. Yeah. So now we turn it over to our RuPaul's Drag Race correspondent, Ryan Shantae, Frostig. you stay. Yes. So Gia Gunn was eliminated last week, and um, she made for great television. And in her interview with uh, Willem in Alaska, she talks about a lot. She spills a lot of tea. One of the things she says is that, like, you know, she went on to the show not only to be a trans advocate and to, you know, present as who she really is and be uh, represent this community, but also she knows that she's a character. She, when she's on Drag Race, she is a cunty she's villain. A villain. She's a villain. And she went to provide that for us as the fans, and she did. Um, but the thing is, is that she mentions that she had a conversation with RuPaul and what I've noticed so far this season is we haven't seen any, usually RuPaul when, you know, they'll go around the workroom and, and she'll talk to all the Queens. She'll do a walkthrough. Yeah. And we haven't seen that. And I think a big part of that is because of this conversation that Gia had with RuPaul. And and basically it was a, Gia confronted her about RuPaul's past transphobic remarks. Was it over the summer? Yeah, over the summer, um, RuPaul had had given an interview where she said it was one thing to have um, trans contestants who became trans right. during or after the show who transitioned, like but Sonique, uh, Stacey Lane Matthews, Carmen Carrera. Carmen Carrera. But she's like, but I don't think I would have a post-op trans woman on the show because that's not what drag is. Right. And there was a huge blowback, and huge blowback. people were very angry. And RuPaul basically walked back those comments. But now you have Gia saying, like, right? What did she say? Well, it's not it's not mentioned 
Gia doesn't say exactly what the conversation was, but that's why it's a bad podcast. <laughs> well, I, don't, I would have said exactly what did you say to RuPaul and what did she say back to I you? I think she 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 hints that she mentioned that she wasn't she didn't feel comfortable, and I, she probably just brought up the fact that you know she was hoping that Ru would comment on the comments that she made, but RuPaul does not want to be to have political. Well that but it's also that like rupaul's drag race is about rupaul being painted as this like perfect saint saint. but the thing is rue is not woke rue is not (laughs) with the times rue doesn't want to move forward a little closer to that mic rue doesn't want to i can't believe i wasn't close enough (laughs) um and i think that that's unfortunately as as the fan base we have to accept that like we can love this show and we can be huge fans of it and we can obsess over it and talk about it and dissect it but that doesn't mean that rupaul is like this perfect no she's idolized anna do you have any idea what the fuck we're talking about have you ever watched i have are you a fan Uh, um i was entertained the few times i watched it but i don't know when it's on or how many seasons do your husband (laughs) do your husband or your sons ever have ever watched it no I love to picture straight guys just like, you know, surfing through channels yeah, yeah. and being like, what the fuck <laughs> is cha- this? I mean, it's a good, it, it's, it's like definitely for us as like gay people, but I feel like. And women, women love it. Women love it. Love and it. also children Adam love it. it. Like young children yes. love Drag Race. But I think the final thing I'll say about it is that um, we, I feel like. Rue wants the girls to be vulnerable. She's always talking about, like, we want to see your vulnerability. She wants them to cry. She wants them to cry, and she wants them to really break down, but we will never see Rue in a vulnerable position. No. And that's why we did not see that walkthrough. Yeah, I think she's really, she's detached this whole season. Does, and has Rue ever had a partner? Oh, yeah. Yeah, a long married. Yeah. Oh, okay. And, you know, is a tremendously successful person in, in her career and in life. Mm-hmm. She's a very evolved person. But I do think that this trans thing is a real sticking point for her. And she was wounded by it. And she doesn't want to deal with it now. The only mm-hmm. thing that she has done um, since this whole thing, besides, like, you know, backpedal a little bit, is that now, right before the runway, she says, ladies and gentlemen, start your engines and may the best all-star win whereas before it was always gentlemen start your engines and be the best woman win Uh, well that's something and she no longer says you've got (laughs) she-man yeah that (laughs) that also had to be cut um all right well someone who is also under fire for alleged transphobia is tennis legend martina nevertilova no anna's doppelganger Mm. i was told they look like her and i was not pleased (laughs) it's not a compliment (laughs) no <laughs> she's especially very, now. She's a great athlete. She uh, she's an 18-time Grand Slam champ, and she inexplicably tweeted on December 19th, "quote You can't just proclaim yourself a female <laughs> and be able to compete against women. There must be some standards, and having a penis and competing as a woman would not fit that standard." That's my Martina Navratilova. Wait, impression. that's transphobic. Well, she's saying that basically that trans her. women shouldn't be competing against uh, cis women uh, in, okay. in athletic competitions. Well, I believe that, too. You do? Mm-hmm. Why? Because the whole reason why there's a separation between men and women's sports is men are physically endowed with you know muscles and size and strength that Some women men. can't possibly have. Yes, not all men. Um, so it does make it unfair. So there, I don't know what the answer is, but... There might have to be a third category. <laughs> I think it depends on the sport, Yeah, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think it's a little bit of a tricky issue. It's not like competing on drag race. Right. Um, because Anna's right. There are separate leagues for men and women in every sport. Um, but here's what Dr. Rachel McKinnon said. She's a trans world champion cyclist. Quote, Genitals are irrelevant to sports performance, totally irrelevant. The difference between a trans woman, especially one who's on testosterone blockers, with a penis and a trans woman without a penis is nothing. So focusing on genitals is transphobic. Also, no sport involves genitals. You don't hit a tennis ball with your penis or your vagina. I mean, I have. <laughs> if you do, you're doing it wrong. The focus on the penis is that penis equals male equals performance. Wait a minute. The focus on the penis in that penis equals male equals performance advantage is sexist, transphobic, and misogynistic. This is a doctor? She's a, jo- a doctor She's of something wrong. and a ch- world champion athlete. She's a world champion cyclist. 
I don't really I don't know. know. I don't I've know been, where I've it. been in many races. In Anna used to be running a triathlete. races, bike races, and guess what? The men win. It is what it is. Right. So, Every year a man wins yeah. the Boston Marathon. There's a huge time gap between the marathon winner who's a man and the marathon winner who's a woman. But, but I feel like there are, there are women that are definitely stronger than me. Like I'm a man. Most women. But you're not an true. elite athlete. <laughs> true. Well, and there are trans women who weigh 105 pounds. You know, there are trans women who you would, there's nothing manly about their bodies regardless of what's happening with their genitals. I don't, I, I don't know. Maybe we have to start looking at things like weight class instead of right, gender. Right. Like they do in boxing or um, some other physical standard. Because it do, when, when, you, when you really start to but break te- it down. But it's testosterone too. Well, so. but again, she, this trans doctor was saying that if you're on testosterone blockers, then right, you don't right. have any more testosterone than Anna. And Anna has a lot. <laughs> <laughs> she has a mustache. I came close to winning the marathon. Did you? <laughs> oh, <laughs> did you ever do an Ironman? No. What was the the greatest thing you ever did? The tri- triathlon? Uh, yeah, but they were just sprint and Olympic distance. I didn't do long things. That's still. That's yeah. impressive. And you ran uh, the New York Marathon? Mm-hmm. How many times? Just once. That was enough Good for me. Good for you, Anna. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's something. I could never in a million years do that. Um, well, speaking of muscular women, <laughs> the one and only Madonna made a shocking appearance yes. at uh, the Stonewall Inn here in New York City on New Year's Eve. Totally surprised uh, everyone. No the one knew she was, gagged she was coming. Uh, apparently, Stonewall has named Madonna ambassador for its 50th anniversary commemorations. The 50th anniversary of Stonewall is this year. And um, so she delivered a speech and she sang a song with her son David accompanying her on the guitar. And it would have been like one of the greatest moments of all time were it not for the drunken assholes <laughs> at Stonewall who completely drowned her out. So first, I want to play two clips, JB. First is but Madonna. She also s- sounded terrible. I don't think she sounded terrible. I don't think God. you could even hear her. She has every resource at her disposal. She could have had a real sound system. She could have not a at real the Stonewall, musician. honey. No. Her boy was. Awful. Listen, I've performed at the Stonewall. You you give you take <laughs> what they give you and you yeah. like it. She was bad. Um, but but <clears throat> listen to her speaking and listen to these drunk asshole millennials in the crowd. We're fighting for ourselves. Yeah. Yes. 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 Fuck yeah. For each other. Yes. 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 Truly and most importantly, what are we fighting for? Thank you, people. We're fighting for Fuck out. Okay, but in their defense, it's New Year's. They're drunk. Like, obviously, they're going to be freaking out. They're going to be loud. Now, when she starts to sing. Well, that's the next clip. So then she starts to sing. And for a moment, you can hear her. And Anna, she really does sound nice. Then these people who can't sing start drowning her out with their loud ass voices. Listen to this nonsense. to strangle every one of them but she's encouraging them to sing along you know what i mean she's like i can't hear you praying like she wants them to sing yeah and if i was there i would be singing too it's you just that they the can't audience sing for because like crowd participation what she's asking for it well the other thing is stonewall that room which i've performed in many times in which i will be recording my comedy album in just a few days um yes i have to do it again long story mm. <laughs> that room holds 60 people 65 tops and so it's one thing if you're in a stadium and you're caterwauling along with Madonna. But when you're in a room that I size, know. like, don't you want to hear her just a little bit? It's hard just because it's like, it. It, it was a surprise. They were drunk. And, it was, and they were drunk. 
And if I saw Madonna and I was not expecting to see her at the Stonewall, I would be I'm getting, freaking I'm the doing death drops. I'm yes. cartwheeling. <laughs> <laughs> Madonna, <laughs> our, a special that I did not pay for. Like, hello. Yeah, I, I would have paid Madonna for There's no cover at Stonewall. Yeah. I would have freaked out. I would have thought it was just a drag queen who looks like Madonna. <laughs> the whole thing was uncomfortable. And the boy w- was uncomfortable. I didn't like. Well, her, her she son? also didn't introduce yes. him. He, yeah, and, he, and she. Uh, she, she did. No, like she does say, "Please him. give it up for, for my oh, son David." I thought she didn't. No, she How does. How old is she? He looks special needs. Anna, oh that's God. not okay. <laughs> and on that note, that is absolutely not okay. I'm leaving. That was bye, the. Brian. All right, uh, Brian. We're going to say goodbye to Ryan. Yes. He has to go sell himself on the street. He's so exactly. Offended. He's so offended. He's offended by Anna. She How has ruined the show. Uh, bye, Ryan. We love you. We'll see you back here someday. Um, a couple more stories before we talk to our fabulous guest. Um, so I don't know if you guys heard about this uh, Sesame Street clip where Grover allegedly says fucking. And it's become one of these things where you either hear it or you don't. Kind of like the whole Laurel Yanni white dress, gold dress debate. Um, so take a listen to Grover on Sesame Street. <laughs> you hear it, right? I heard it. I totally heard it. <laughs> yes, that's yes, a that's fucking, a fucking excellent, excellent idea. idea. I didn't hear right. it. Play it again. Play it again, yeah. JB. Crank it up. That's so weird. That's I a hear, fucking excellent blank. idea. You really don't I hear, hear fucking. Nothing. Not even a word that sounds like fucking. You hear it, JB, right? I do hear it, and I don't. Oh, because I'm old. That's why I'm older than all of you. Yeah. Uh, no, it's true. You're five years older than me. I that shouldn't make. It's not like he says it any higher than the rest of what he's saying. He goes, "That's a fucking excellent idea." I didn't hear it. Okay. Oh. Also, Grover these days sounds a lot like Yoda. A little bit, a little bit. Yeah. I don't think it's Frank Sesame Oz Street anymore. has changed and it's become Star Wars. Well, um, on I mean, I'm sure it was not intentional, whatever it was, <laughs> but I love it and I definitely hear it. I love when Sesame Street does filthy things. Uh, it happens you know, so like much. Bert and Arnie. Like Bert and Ernie having sex, right? Yeah. We, play, we played that clip. <laughs> Did you, you, Anna never listens to our show. <laughs> no. there was, there's, this YouTube, there's this YouTube clip where Bert and Ernie play a game where Ernie's blindfolded and he has to figure out what he's touching. <laughs> and they have, it, they have part of the screen blacked out so it looks <laughs> like Ernie's touching, each other. touching his dick. <laughs> and funny. he's like, oh, this is so interesting. It's, it's long and it's <laughs> thick. And uh, oh, it's squiggly. I don't know what. And, and Bert's like, Ernie, Ernie, stop. And <laughs> it literally sounds like he's being molested. Um, all right, fun. one quickie. Um, and I'm doing the story because... Hey, you know, I do love quickies. Yeah, I do. I know you do. Uh, I'm doing the story because uh, we talk about this topic a lot on the show, especially over the last year. Uh, actor Darren Chris, who recently played Andrew Cunanan on The Assassination of Johnny Versace and also played Blaine on Glee, he has announced that he is no longer accepting gay roles. Darren Chris is actually straight. <laughs> Many people uh, don't know that, but he is heterosexual, but he always gets cast as gay guys and plays them very well, in my opinion. What actor says no to parts? But that's the new thing, though, Anna. It's to, if you're going to be oh, woke. Oh, the guy from Glee who dated Kurt. Yes. If you're, if the woke thing to oh. do now is to be like, a gay actor should be playing a gay role, oh. a trans actor should be playing a trans role. They, they see it I as kind you. of like blackface or yellowface to do otherwise. Which I don't... Personally, I don't understand that. I feel if if you are doing justice to a character, do justice to that character. Where you play I a agree. role and bring in bring in the people who won't normally see this movie. That's where to the see acting comes in. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But also, I'm wrong for my opinion. I also feel like, what if Darren Chris is gay or bisexual and just doesn't want to come out? Now he has to make a choice. I mean, I mean, they're going to turn down, you know. Uh, huge paying roles or I'm going to come out of the closet. No actor should make that, should have to make that choice. I feel like I get the trans thing. I do because a, there's just not enough trans actors in Hollywood and we should be encouraging more people to, to join the industry. And also because a a non-trans person really doesn't understand that experience, but everyone can imagine pretty well, being attracted to someone of the same sex as we as we established earlier anna herself is bisexual i love women <laughs> you would never though right well i'm married but even if you weren't it's never been you've never thought about 
uh, no. going that way. It's not your thing. I mean, I've thought about everything. Oh. But I've never acted on it. Interesting. Well, last thing I'll say about Darren Chris is that a lot of people complained that he was playing a Filipino guy uh, in the assassination of Andrew Kunan and, and that that was like yellow face. But the truth is, Andrew Kunanin was half Filipino and Darren Chris is half Filipino. Little known fact. Fascinating. What's the purpose of the bell? What are we doing? It now? punctuates things. Sometimes yeah. it's a shade bell. Oh, I just got a lot louder. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a shade bell. Sometimes it's just a, you know, when I. Hit my point. Do I get to hit it? You can hit it anytime you want, but I don't think you're going to do it right. (laughs) (laughs) JB, I got super loud for a second, and now I'm super quiet. What's going on with my levels? Are we good? I know the rain is is fucking with us. Okay, it's time for our guest segment, and I'm very excited. Uh, Our guest today is a comedian and writer that I've been aware of ever since he was 15, and I was... Older than that? 16. Uh, yes. In those days, I knew him as Cancer Kid, which we'll explain in just a bit. But he's all grown up and healthy now, performing stand-up comedy, creating content for Elite Daily, and he was recently nominated for an AVN Award for his musical porn parody, Hamilton. Here's a clip from that video. How does the offspring of a box spring play thing? A man who came from nothing become a man who came on everything? He discovered the menage a trois, the first of all. Oh, yeah, this is bringing back memories right now. The magic of a three way. Ta da! A well endowed. That was a. Dick, dick, and tan screwing peaches on the beaches of the Caribbean. He was the pounding father and piled dry at the island daughters. Taught them all a fucking lesson like his name was Mr. Cotter. His fame came from his main vein. Got his name under a frame. Around a big pick of his big prick in the AVN Hall of Fame. But every score to him meant nothing. He wasn't comfy with just British buffing. It wasn't even a Russian pee thing. No! A sexual revolution would be his G thing. So he packed up and went to a new land. Does this, this ever end? I don't think I wanted that much of it. What's your name, man? Here we go. I'm Alexander Hamilton. There's a million loans I haven't blown. My dick is great. My dick is great. <laughs> Please give a warm-ass welcome to the co-creator of Hamilton, Eitan Levine. Yay! Oh my god, the audience! Thank you! Yes, I love picturing my mother at home listening to that. We sold out MSG for this interview. Yeah, for sure. It's the whole yeah. studio audience. Eitan, get your face into that I, I, uh, microphone. I'm not yelling, am I? It's not too loud? No, you, don't, you just get your face close and talk mm-hmm. in a normal Oh man, I'm, volume. I'm not going to lie, I get excited and, and yell. So no, I, that's I, cool. I, what were you starting to tell us during that clip? You said it was bringing Oh, the person. Memories. I was being like, oh, the person that uh, had done the beginning of that rap is actually involved with the documentary thing we're making, and she uh, may be my quote date to the AVN Awards. So, uh, so the AVN Awards haven't happened yet. No, the AVN Awards happen on January twenty sixth. Oh, we're so going timely. Out. Yeah, I know. This, this actually, this all kind of has been like a uh, about two weeks ago. We found out we got. I found out I got nominated for uh, something. Mm-hmm. So uh, that it's just been like the craziest. What two is weeks your ago. specific nomination? Yeah. So um, Hamilton got nominated for four awards. I came up with the name, came up with a little bit of the story and like about 10-ish percent of the script, if that. Um, The best clever title was one of the nominations that came up. So that was the, for me specifically. Yeah. Cool. Um, So now we're going out next, uh, next month. What um what are the AVN awards? So the the Adult Video News Awards. Man, I can't believe you don't. I know it's shocking. You gotta. You don't attend. Award season, the glitz, the glam. I can't wait. No, they're actually it's like the Oscars of porn. It's a big deal. So Aton, before we get into the making of Hamilton and how you wound up doing such a strange thing, I think we need to explain. First of all, that this is the first time you and I are actually meeting in person. Which is insane Which because is we've known each other since I, I'm, since I think I was in 10th grade. You're 30 now, right? I'm 29. 29. So yeah. we've known each other almost 15 years. And the reason we know each other is because of something called Comedy Soapbox. Is that website still around? It's still around, but it's very quiet. Okay. Comedy Soapbox was like an early version of Facebook just for comedians. Yeah, it was like just blog. It was comedians just blogging about their days. And then the comedians would like interact with each other. There's a lot of drama. Uh, and fighting. It's how I know Robin Fox, actually. And Robin and I were two of the most active users on the site. We were constantly blogging and commenting. And Aton came along one day, and you were uh, 
you were 15. I had just done my first open mic at Stress Factory in uh, New Brunswick. And uh, it went really, really well. But uh, the person that went after me uh, made a joke. I was on crutches at the time. I had cancer when I was younger. Um, so From ages what to what? I So I got diagnosed when I was 10. Um, and then... I mean, there was maintenance. On, it was a tumor in my leg, so I had maintenance on my leg basically for like 15 years. Mm. So, which I mean, you know, I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm lucky. I, I can walk and everything like that, which is, you know, a, a blessing. Um, but I, yeah, I was like on crutches at the time, the first time that I did stand up, and the person that came after me like made some joke about uh, about the cancer or about oh. me. In, I mean, Not like, cool. he's fine. I mean, like, you know, was it's it me? comedians. It was Adam, and he really destroyed. <laughs> I mean, I remember, I remember we all called you yeah. Cancer Kid, and yeah. somehow we thought that that was fine. I thought that was funny. I, I think a lot of people get, like, overly sensitive with, like, cancer material, especially, like, around me where they're just like, oh, what? And I'm, like, up there making, like, cancer jokes. The thing is, there were two teenagers on the site. There was Cancer Kid, and there was uh, Mike Michael Lemme, who, who still recently, does comedy. Yeah, I recently ran into him. He was, like, like 14. Yeah. And we treated them... Like they were adults. Like we were very inappropriate. We treated them like they were us. It was insane. It was literally like 15 and 14 year old me and him getting into like fights with like Chris McDevitt, who was like, you know, like oh, 25 God, at the time or like, you yeah. know, like other people who were like. Meanwhile, I was like 30s. in my well into my 30s at that time. Yeah. Um, but so you recovered. I recovered. Um, I, it was a tumor that was right under my uh, knee. So they took out the tumor, and then the issue was like mechanical because uh, you know my legs were like two different sizes at that at that time. Um, so they uh, put like this medieval torture device on my leg that like stretched oh, my yeah. leg out, which wasn't fun. Um, but you know, I just kept on doing comedy uh, through high school and stuff like that. It was kind of uh, I went to an old boys Jewish high school also. Well, yeah, well, I want to talk about yeah. that too. Where uh, the in uh, Elizabeth, New Jersey, the Jewish oh, yeah. education. It was Center. a yeshiva you know school, it? right? Well, yeah. It was. Well, I'm close. I don't know it, but I uh. know it's. Elizabeth is very close to her. She knows Elizabeth. <laughs> We're from Summit. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. No, Elizabeth is like two very different neighbors. It's like Elizabeth, which, you know, is a little bit of a lower income place. And then just like so many Jews also, like yeah. side by yes, side. You see them walking. Yeah. Because I think Elizabeth High School at one point had the third largest high school, public school wow. in America. And then on the other side were all these uh, Hasidic Jews. <laughs> so, Eitan, you grew up... Uh, not only with the cancer, but with this very religious, your family was Orthodox, right? Yeah. We weren't, I like to joke that we were like Kushner Jewish. Like we, <laughs> you know, like we were, uh, you know, like there's never going to be a documentary about my family unless it's like a financial crimes documentary uh. about my family kind of thing. Uh, I grew up in a house, uh, it was a Holocaust survivor house. So like, you know, like the Holocaust was rubbed in our face, like at, at all points. Yeah. Yeah. We watched right. Schindler's List every Thanksgiving. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah. Which uh, I like because watching. Goodbye, Jews. Goodbye. <laughs> That's real? That's a real thing. That's what? an actual I thing. I could never see that movie again. My, my my mother used to yell things at me like, your grandparents didn't escape Auschwitz for you to fail this math test. Oh. Like, things oh like God. that. The guilt was amazing. Well, we understand why you became a stand-up comic. But how did you come to write a musical porn parody? Yes. So, um... I was an entertainment journalist for Elite Daily. Do you guys know what Elite Daily is? I all? do. So it's a digital. It was like a digital content uh, uh, outlet where the, it was female. It was young female skewing. Uh, so there would be articles on it that were like, uh, you know, like ten le- ten signs you're legitimately obsessed with avocados and stuff like that. My favorite article I found on that website was fifty eight things that went through my head when I found out my ex boyfriend's new girlfriend was uglier than me. <laughs> Which, amazing. It's very specific. Yeah. So at the end of it, ended, yeah, think about it. Yeah. So um, I, I was doing Kardashian articles. I, for two years, I wrote about three articles about the Kardashians a day. Loved it. I love all that stuff. Um, those articles were doing like super well, and, and it enabled me to work with the video team at Elite Daily, and they had shot a three-part documentary series on me where I did three weird jobs. The first job was I embedded with a paparazzi for a week. Which was horrifying. Yeah. Like on both, I like I don't I don't even know who's wrong there. Like I don't even think the paparazzi are that wrong. Like I think that everyone is wrong. In the that whole scenario. system is. The paparazzi are getting text messages from PR people. Like we'd be sitting there and then they'd be like, "Oh, Amber Rose is on Sunset Boulevard. We're gonna go there now." But the PR people that let the paparazzi know also know that the paparazzi will follow the celebrities home to see you know like where they live. Right. And so, and the celebrities must be complicit in this because they wouldn't allow their PR people to give their location if they didn't want the the press. Exactly, the Kardashians were taking a cut of every picture taken of them at some point. Like it is such a a more like uh, symbiotic uh, relationship yeah. than like you're let on. 
So that's the, that was you know that's like the not funny one. The funny one, the second one I did was I was in Ringling Brothers Circus for two days, which was hilarious because when I showed up to Ringling Brothers, the studio, Ringling Brothers calls me up and goes, "Do you guys want to do an article about how we don't hit elephants anymore?" Straight oh up. right, because that was a big big scandal. Yeah. For them. So I was like, no, and they were like, I, they were like, come on. I was like, okay, what if I just join the circus? And they were like, okay. So I go down to Tampa and I get into the studio in Tampa, and everyone in the circus is hot as hell. They're all contortionists. Yeah, and they're, they're gymnasts. Dudes, yeah, and they're dudes that are just like flying on <laughs> curtains and stuff like that. And I'm walking around, and it's they all live together. And this was before your weight loss or after? This is before weight loss. Yeah. Because you lost how much weight? I lost 130 pounds oh over the God, past couple of years. Oh, my God. This story is unbelievable. Oh, it's insane. <laughs> I told you he was interesting. <laughs> There's layers. I, I got layers. Like, <laughs> um, So we walk in. So I'm walking around. The clowns are my escorts. The clowns are also so hot uh, without their makeup on. <laughs> And Male and female, yeah. grandma. Yeah. No, no, she's gone. No. Grandma the clown was a was a sexual predator. What? No. Yeah, no. we did that story. Oh, oh granny, no. Mm-hmm. Well, that sucks. I, I, wow. I so we're, I'm asking them. I'm like, are you guys fucking like what's happening? Because it was like the Olympic Village when I got down there. Like, yeah. Everyone and they're like, we can't see this family organization. Video comes out. A nurse from Ringling Brothers met, emails me a couple of weeks afterwards and goes, Hey, can you? You know, I, I, I thank you so much for doing this art, this video. We loved it so much. I go, great. Can you tell me, though? I'm not going to write another article about you guys, but is everyone in the circus fucking? And she was like, listen, I can't say anything because it's a family organization, but we fucking. So <laughs> <laughs> everyone in the circus is fucking. If you ever go to a circus and you're sitting in the stands, you're just like sitting in the after sex. Like you. <laughs> well, it's just like it's just like any performance troupe. Like if you go see the Rockefeller Center Christmas show, oh, they fucking. You don't think those male well, dancers like the, are the, the little people in the Wizard of Oz? Exactly. Oh, they fucking. That was a nonstop orgy. All right. So you how do we get to Hamilton? So Hamilton was the third part of the documentary series. So I had pitched to my to my editors to uh, the idea of writing like a very good script and seeing if I can get a porn made out of it. And they're like, okay. They, they jokingly were like, okay, fine, whatever. They, I don't think they think I was going to go through it. But because I was the um, training news writer and the news writer for Elite Daily, I had become the press contact for a lot of PR companies, including Pornhub. Pornhub used to run things like scholarship programs and stuff like that. So they had like PR. <laughs> that It was the weirdest thing. So I used to like literally be on the phone with like their PR people um, you know, talking. So eventually, like, I talked to one of them. And like, hey, like, I have this idea for a video. Can you hook me up? And they hooked me up with a studio called Wood Rocket. Wood Rocket has made Stroke Amon and Fap to the Future and Game of Bones, the Criterion collection of porn, if you will. Now, you had you been a fan of Hamilton? Yeah, actually, this is crazy. I won the first lottery ticket at the first show at the public. That's crazy. Yeah, that's like winning the actual lottery. It's in. There were eighteen people there for the lottery. Sorry, there were twenty people there for the lottery that day. Eighteen people got tickets. The next day, there were over a hundred people there supposedly. Mm. So there was one day where you could have won the lottery for yeah. any time. So you get hooked up with this company. Yes. And did you write the music? Did you have like a, a musical director, and you were the lyricist? How was the? Were, yeah. you, were you the Oscar Hammerstein of of the? Of Hamilton? A little bit. So what happened was, so we, so they say, so I end up pitching them, um, Hamilton, uh, Wood Rocket says yes, so we go out and, uh, you know, we write the script with them, we come back, then we meet with the music person uh, who uh, who did the music for it. Um, I had written about, I think it was like 10 pages-ish of rap. If anybody's curious, by the way, how porn scripts work, literally on page seven, it just stops and there's a parenthesis that says boy, girl, anal, and then... <laughs> And then it continues right afterwards. And I have to say, because I don't, I don't normally watch porn anymore, but I did watch the first like fifteen minutes of Hamilton. It's intense. There's no sex until like minute nine. Yeah, which is shocking. And then it just boom, it's right in your face. But that's unusual, right, Aton? Usually they get to the sex faster. Yeah. Now this is the way I wanted to go about it was to really build a backstory, really get you emotionally invested in these characters, and I think I did. I think you cry when they have sex. Now, when you cast these people. Did they? Uh, so I wasn't okay. So after, so we pitch it, and they, uh, so we, we pitch it, we write it, we send it back. So then something funny kind of happens. The porn gets called up in development hell. They couldn't get the right director. <laughs> the studio has a problem. So we end up like it pauses, and then Elite Daily gets bought by Bustle and fires everybody. So this is before our documentary comes out. So at that point, I'm like, okay, it's not happening. I guess like this was a cool thing that had kind of maybe it, you know when it came when we announced it, it made like the media rounds like crazy. Like it was a joke on Weekend Update, Pulitzer Prize like tweeted about it, like it was everywhere. So I was like super bummed out. 
because it wasn't going to happen. And then a couple months after we get fired from Elite Daily, I get an email from a friend who's like, hey, my friend was just brought on to do music for Hamilton. And I'm like, that's crazy. Someone stole my idea, clearly. He sends me a poster from it, and it's the poster from the thing that we had done. So I call up the studio, and he goes, hey, we've been emailing you. And I go, they turned off my email. And he goes, we've been tweeting at you also. And I never got those tweets. So I think he was tweeting at another Aton Levine. I think he ruined some, like, other Jewish guy's, like, marriage, you know. Some Some, rabbi. Yeah. Some rabbi got divorced because his wife finds his Twitter is like, no, what is is this? (laughs) So we, so uh, I call him and he's like, I'm, we're in the studio right now filming, which was like crazy serendipitous. And then two weeks later it gets released. Wow. So, so you were not on set. No. So and that, you weren't part of the casting or the directing or any of that. Stuff. No, not at all. I literally wrote the script about 10, like I said, about 10% of the, of what I had sent made it into the final cut. Is plus some of the story. Too? Uh, some but only ten percent. Yeah, very clever. But About the 10. title is yours. Now the it, title's mine. Does the main character story. do something with his toe? I didn't watch. Enough. Oh man, I wanted to, I wanted Hamilton to be a woman. That was the thing that I was set up, and unfortunately, they didn't go uh, along with that. Well, uh, what was the idea that she was gonna do? Have toes put in her, or what? <laughs> well, where uh, does the toe come oh, in? Oh, from what like I'm camel toe. Yeah, it's just you can it's like see a pun. It in the front. Oh. Yeah. No, I got that. Oh. But so it wasn't a sex act, it was just a look? Yeah, it was more of just a pun. It was it was a production based off a pun. So in this final film that was made, does he do some strange things with his toe? Why is he Get named Hamilton? No, I think I, want, I think, actually, my I think listeners want to know, shoe. Anna. I, I can Charles confer. from Cornhole is listening and oh, he sorry. wants to know. Listen, Charles. <laughs> I think he's wearing shoes in it, to be honest, when the sex is happening. You never happening. even see his toes. I think he's wearing boots during it, which I, is I the best the, way to have I think the attention sex. is drawn to the genitals, where yes. a camel toe is. Mm. It doesn't make sense on a man. It, well, the boots frame up to the... My, to the my review of the little that I saw is that uh, they sing and rap better than you would expect porn yes. stars to, but still horribly. Uh, and I know, <laughs> I know from reading about you that Lin Manuel Miranda is a fan of, yes. of Hamilton. So Lin Manuel Miranda, I got told. So when our documentary was happening, there was another Hamilton documentary that was happening, and that was the one that PBS aired. Yeah, that was the real one, like the actual one. Well, I mean, they both have merits. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, there's an audience for mine also. Uh, yes, absolutely. So we. Uh, a friend of mine was a friend with someone who was a producer on it, and it got back to me basically that he was a fan of the idea and liked it so much that the quote was, they wouldn't be surprised if he had his own viewing party for it. Well, I know he's a fan of Spamilton, which is the official musical parody of Hamilton <laughs> that's, that plays every every night in New York. Well, I think mine is Merit's also. He's got uh, a, I, absolutely. <laughs> I think the, pa- the yeah. point is he's got a great sense of humor. Yeah. And uh, isn't going to sue you, um, yeah. Aton, How is the uh, how does the Orthodox Jewish family feel about Hamilton? They're not the biggest fans of this. My mom's reaction was off. I w- so when we to- the documentary, the first scene in the documentary, I think is one of the funniest things that I've ever been a part of. Was when I tell my mom this, and I'm on the phone with her, and I go like, "Mommy, like you know, like I'm going out to Vegas to write this porn," and she goes, "No, you're not." <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, what? She's like, you're not going to, you're not going to Vegas. We're an Orthodox Jewish family. Your sisters will never get married. I would rather you join ISIS than do this to my family. Oh my god! Was her exact quote. And this is on. Thank you. If there was ever a need for the bear, where were you on that? I know. I'm a little slow. She. It, it was so funny. She. She just out of nowhere comes up with this, and you know we're in the room, and I'm on camera, and you know, they, so there's about four people behind the camera, and they're all laughing, and I'm like having a breakdown because you know my mom is taking this. I thought she would find it a little bit funnier than I thought than she did. But uh, she but now that it's out. Yeah, I, it's, what has been funny about it is because, you know, when we first announced it, um, it was big. And then it kind of died down because it went through development problems. So then she was like, okay, like maybe it won't happen. And then Elite Daily ends. So in her mind, she was like, oh, that's it. Like, it's I'm done. I'm free. And then it comes out and she's like, I have to live through this hell again. Like, what am I doing? And then, so she, after it comes out, she's like, okay, it came out once. There's nothing out. That's it. It's over. It's done. He did what he did. And then the AVNs happen. And she's like, no, this won't end. And the forward did a story on you where they mentioned Hamilton. Yeah. Every, every Jew reads the forward. I know. It's our New How, how old are your parents, by the way? They must be old. I mean, to be Holocaust survivors. No, 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 their parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Try to keep up, Anna. All right, Aton, in the time remaining, it's time to play everyone's favorite game Ask Me No Questions. Ask Me No Questions. Ask Me No Questions. That was beautiful. Thank you. What's that's me singing? What's the worst Jewish food of all time? Oh, my God. I can tell you exactly. It's uh, Pacha. 
Pacha is boiled calf ankles that they jellify and then put garlic into. The only people that eat that are disgusting grandfathers. Yeah, I've never even heard of that. I wonder oh. if dad eats that. I don't think even dad would eat that. I would go with mandel bread because I've never had that calf ankle. Mandel, <laughs> mandel bread is delicious. I hate mandel bread. Mandel disgusting. And mandel it's bread the has worst no dessert. It's biscotti. It's bis- I don't like biscotti It's Jewish either. biscotti. Yeah. And Jewish food doesn't have any flavor because the only thing we use to flavor is the tears of our ancestors. <laughs> and, and fat. Eitan, <laughs> yeah. tell us your favorite one-line joke in Hebrew. Uh, oh, I can I tell you the Yiddish one, though? Sure. I, I will say the, the, the punchline is Yiddish. The rest of it is, is English. Okay. 90-year-old lady goes to a doctor. She goes, doctor, I can't pee anymore. The doctor says, eh, nishka pipich. Eh, you've peed enough. <laughs> there you go. I knew you'd have one. It's a nice little one. What's your favorite genre of porn? Oh, my God. Favorite genre of porn? It's definitely not parody porn. I like... Uh, I... <laughs> I like the ones that take place in dorm rooms where they go. There's like one, like they go from like dorm to dorm to dorm room. It's like just like an adventure through a dorm is is always the funniest ones to me. I've never heard That's of fun. such a thing. Like college oh, yeah. porn. Yeah, it's like yeah, college like fraternity porn. X. I've seen the yeah, gay fraternity yeah. X. I didn't know there was a straight. Aton is straight. I didn't know there was a straight version. Oh yeah, no, yeah, it's real. It's it's real. Manly. You know, you go. <laughs> Who's your way. favorite porn star? Ooh, favorite porn star. Um, honestly, okay. At the end of. Missy Martinez, who is in Hamilton, has maybe the funniest line. I've stopped masturbating three times because of something I had heard that was so funny. The first time was uh, I was I was watching one, and the guy took off his. In the beginning of it, the guy was wearing a military flak jacket. And he took off the flak jacket. And in the comment section, someone wrote, "If he is not a marine, this is stolen valor." <laughs> <laughs> So that's the first time where I stopped masturbating. The second time I stopped masturbating is after the guy. This came. is in Hamilton. No, no, no. Oh, I'm talking just in general. I'm, I'm getting yeah. Right. Second time I've stopped masturbating was like it, guy comes on a lady and she takes it off her chest and goes molto bene, <laughs> like oh. an Olive Garden commercial. Oh. Which I will say though, mom just turned off. The next radio. time, <laughs> next time you come, <laughs> yell molto yeah. bene, and I guarantee you it'll make the experience ten times mm-hmm. more magical. The third time was after Missy Martinez. Like, and, and Hamilton gets come on. She goes, "Ah, oh, what a historical load." <laughs> so that is, you know, so Missy's got to be. Is she the one with the gigantic tits? Yes, okay. she's super. Her Twitter account is hilarious. She's genuinely one of the funniest people. We'll have to have her on the show, please. Um, would you ever consider writing a gay musical porn parody? I I would love to. I'd be honored if I was if I was given that opportunity. Have you been approached by anyone to write another another movie? Uh, not approached, but people. I, ever since it happened, definitely people have like come up to me and been like, "Oh, I got an idea, everyone." And I'm like, "Okay, cool. I got 200 bucks, so it's probably not a career." Can, can you find it for free? Yes, yeah. On everything's Pornhub free, free on Pornhub. Yeah. Who is your least favorite Jew? Um. Ooh, good one. <laughs> um. Wait, I can Eric tell you Kushner. right. I don't even think you know what's crazy. Uh, Kushner's uh, Trump's granddaughter is in my uh, cousin's uh, daughter's class. Oh, yeah, there's a connection there. Oh. Um, I what's this? They're face? innocent. Uh, the Co- I mean, the Koch brothers. They're Koch- not Jewish. Uh, are Koch- they? I thought the Koch brothers. Are, I'll tell. Uh, uh, I was going to go with Sheldon Adelson. Yeah, I'll go Sheldon. He's Adelson. that ninety-year-old Vegas billionaire who keeps shit. funding Trump and it's all these. Him and Soros are the counterbalances to each other. That's yeah. like kind of what it comes down to. Uh, what is your wish for twenty nineteen? Oh man, um, I think I, I think everyone. I, my wish is that everything calms down a bit. I think uh, we have an easier 2019. I think that as a world, that's a good wish, Aton. Now say it in. Also, in, I want to now say it in Yiddish. No, <laughs> <laughs> my wish for my wish for 2019 to all of everybody. Anishka <laughs> No more peeing. Aton, no how can people follow you on uh, social media? So my Twitter is Aton the Goalie. E I T A N T H E G O A L I E. There's a go. Were you an game. actual goalie? I play hockey. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and then another chapter we haven't talked about. Yeah. Yeah. I was a professional hockey. No, actually, I won a local <laughs> Emmy. Uh, I was on a local Emmy award-winning staff for a hockey thing uh, a couple years ago when I was in college. That's a crazier story. I didn't know you could win an Emmy I for still, hockey. I'm still waiting for the 100-pound weight loss. Oh, I yeah. know that'll be that next show. Cocaine. So, so uh, you said <laughs> <laughs> it was cocaine. That, that was fast. Diet, cocaine, so exercise. So you said there's a GoFundMe page. There's a GoFundMe page for the Hamilton FYC hashtag Hamilton FYC. Um, we're going to be out in Vegas. I didn't explain this yet. But we're going to be out in Vegas over the next uh, couple of weeks doing a for your consideration campaign to try to get me a uh, thing. Uh, this is off the record, but a uh, wet uh, Wetville Lube Company is going to be making Hamilton breakfast themed uh, lubes for us. Ew. Yep. Why breakfast themes? Like, because we Syrup? found out what he... Uh, yeah, like like uh, what Hamilton ate for breakfast. So, Aton the goalie. Anna, do you want people to follow you on social media? 
Are you even on Twitter? Or? I'll no, follow. No, I don't do that. You're on Instagram. I, I, I'm on Instagram and Facebook. Do you want people to follow it. you? Let me follow. I mean, if they want to. So what is it? Give them oh. your name. Oh. Uh, it. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Anna Sankazelman. H-A-S-E-L-M-A-N-N. Thank you, Anna. Uh, we'll have you back in two weeks. Thank you, Eitan Levine. Thank You've been a fabulous you. guest. Thank you, JB. Next Saturday, my co-host will be comedian Joanne Filan. Uh, subscribe to Derek and Romaine at DerekandRomaine.com. Oh, also next week, we're going to have Brian Balthazar doing a Golden Globe recap mm. to talk about everything that happened on the Globes. Follow me, me, on Twitter and Instagram at Adam Sank. Email me at Adam at AdamSank.com. Anna, did you have a good time? I had a great time. It wasn't that scary, right? No, once, once we got started. Do you think mom is still listening? Definitely not. Shout out to Fi and Lou if they're still awake <laughs> and still listening to this filth. I love you guys. Have a great week, bitches. Bye. Bye. Bye.